This is Mr. Impact Wrestling himself, Moose, and you're listening to the Irish Whip. Hookers? Hookers and Coke? Hookers and Coke, man. You're the only pro wrestler I know that wants to do the shit in the morning. Yeti, you're a f***ing moron. Put it this way, I think Sammy Callahan might as well just change his name to Invader I want to know why. Like, he can dodge any question. Like, I'll tell anyone that. You can tell me the f***, but I, I'm going to ask specific questions. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. WrestlingNewsSource.com all the rest of you yahoos are out there dilly-dilly you little wankers, we're actually receiving real wrestling news. This is Brett screwed Brett. I'm Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two! Arm bar! Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts, I hate your wristbands, I hate your shoes, I hate your music, I hate the C-Nation, I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> hey, T.I.W. Mafia, it's Yeti, it's JP. Um, we are here with the current um, Defy Champ, the Weirdo Hero, uh, Calgary Canada native, um, Mr. Randy Myers. How are you, sir? I'm spectacular, darling, because I'm spectacular. How are you two? Good, man. I'm just, uh, dude, I'm super, like, there's interviews during our careers, like, we, like, look back on, like, Finn Balor was one, um, Lance Archer is one, I mean, a lot of these guys, and this is one, like, I've been wanting to do for a while, but I wanted it to be right, I guess. Well, well, thank you so much. It's really an honor to be put into the category with names like that. How, uh, how, I'm just going to start out, man. How did, how did you come about? I mean, I, I know you've been doing this for about a decade and I know it's the minute you decided that you wanted to do this, this is all you wanted to do. And you're a defy champ, man. How does this all feel? And is it real to you right now? Uh, it, it's finally kind of sunk in. It took a while for sure to sink in the, that win at defy was, uh, yeah, very huge. Huge, biggest win of my career. And it took like a while for all those, like for the buzzing to stop. And I mean, the butterflies are still barking away at my, in my belly, but, uh, so it's, but it's still real. It's felt real now for a little while. Is that sort of like a bucket list for you winning that title? Cause I know in the North, like I'm, I'm in the Northeast where, I mean, I have companies that run Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I know in the Northwest, it's it's really different, and Defy is like one of the bigger companies, if not the biggest company in that area. Is that like a bucket list winning that title for you? Oh, for sure. Um, out of all the promotions I've worked for in the last 20 years of wrestling, it's the one that feels the most like home, and the one that I would call the most family, and the most the, the promotion that I've grown the most in as well. I think we've had a few people on... Um, I, we continue to hear. Thing. We continue to hear how much that people grow when they're out here. And the other part too is, man, is how how difficult. I mean, as far as bookings, like how difficult is it out here on the West? Oh, oh, for sure. Like, there's no way I'm getting a Wednesday gig. That's why I do like all sorts of other kinds of entertainment. Is like so I can keep myself fresh and performing all throughout the week. Is I'll do some improv jams or I'll do like some stand-up comedy or some sketch comedy. I've kind of like tried to stick my fingers into all sorts of the entertainment venues that I enjoy because again, I'm not 
No one's coming out on a Wednesday or a Tuesday night in the Pacific Northwest to see wrestling. Unfortunately. And we got to change that. Agreed. Not that you need, you don't need more companies out there. I think like in the Northeast, there's uh, probably literally 50 to 75 companies, but six good ones. Yeah, exactly. Six reputable. And I think if you can get that in any any area, the six reputable, I think you're in good shape. That sounds like the partners I've had, 75 but six reputable ones. That's now do you get do you get out of the Northwest at all? Uh, I have somewhat yeah, I've done a tour of the UK. I've been over there oh, wow. and I've done I've been I've been to New Jersey and I've been to Hawaii and yeah, that's about it. I haven't been to the Northeast too much though. Okay. Jersey's, my way around a Jersey bit. was a hotbed for a long time. Yeah, no, I remember like I lot there was a lot of people coming from Calgary. Like Teddy Hart would go to Jersey All Pro yeah. for a long time, and he was always uh, he'd bring some people from Calgary out there as well. And there was always uh, talk about how great it was going out there, and he'd bring back the tapes and stuff like that, and we'd all watch. Teddy is the ultimate bad boy all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Like live that's not a yeah. He just he literally like I think he he lives he does live the gimmick. Yeah, hey, speak, no, for sure. Speaking of. I hate the word. I don't want to use the word gimmick. I don't want to use that with you. Okay, like, yeah, please. I like, that. Yeah, it's it's not. It's 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 you, um, legit, one hundred percent. And if people haven't watched um, your entrance, um, your music, uh, edit James, correct? Is that right? I'm, that I'm, is correct. Really? Uh, oh, JP, like I, you probably haven't watched this, but I'm telling you, like there are certain fans. And this is legit, like in Washington Hall, everybody wants a kiss from Randy Myers. Am I wrong, Randy? Uh, well, I, I don't know if it's everybody. I've had, I think, one refusal, which I completely understand because they are filled with consent. And if you don't want them, you don't get them. But, yeah, no, there's a good percentage that want a good <laughs> smooch. I they, don't want know a piece, that. they want a piece of the Randy. Yes, indeed. Everybody gets a little Randy sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, a couple of years ago, you produced and directed a movie, right? Well, yeah, it was. Um, I was like involved in the writing process and stuff. We had other people kind of doing the directing, and but I would say, yeah, I helped produce for sure. And that was based on your on your life, the Weirdo Hero. Yeah, the Weirdo Hero is uh, like a YouTube web series that's loosely based on my life and experiences. Um, it's not directly, so that's why we changed the character's name to Fabulous Frankie rather than Ravenous Randy, okay. just to make sure that there was some. Uh, just a way you can tell the difference between where like fiction starts and reality begins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, no, it's pretty much my story of, uh, of dealing with depression and that story. I have a wife and I don't have no wife. Uh, I have a, <laughs> have a steady job. I don't have a steady job in real life either. So there were some things in that movie that are <laughs> exaggerated because they thought that my real life was too cartoony to put in that situation. So they added some realism to my real life, which is weird. Now, you you mentioned, you know, you talk about how the web series was about, you know, dealing with depression and stuff, but yet you're a stand-up comedian, you do the, um, you do all kinds of comedy skits and stuff. Is that how you deal? Is that how you cope? Well, for sure, yeah. Entertainment is a big part, and uh, performing is a big part of my therapy. It, it helps me kind of just connect with people and let them know how I'm feeling, and instead of, uh, or like kind of honing it through and filtering it through an art makes it uh, easier to stomach and definitely makes me able to survive. I want to bring this back up a little, but I want to, um, I don't know yeah, if just, you're familiar just, with Will Uter at all. No. Um, 
but will it does he's he wrestles up here um i think he's from philly but he wrestles up in boston a lot um and he does a lot with like suicide awareness and stuff with his pro wrestling like he'll donate money all the time he has um i forget the name of his foundation you might remember it josh um but he just uh, does a chicago. lot with that type of it's thing chicago hope it's the hope hope i think yes the hope, hope project foundation. yeah oh, hope project cool. so uh, yeah, I just think it's really important for people to recognize that not everybody who's smiling is happy. Well, oh, JP, let's just touch on it, JP, because that's the biggest thing is like his T-shirts and uh, marketing, like your his your anxiety lies to you. Is, is that's where you're at, right, Randy? I mean, that's what where you're at. Yeah, no, for sure. That's uh, yeah, that's one of my the statements I wear on my back and the shirt T-shirts I sell. It's I tell you that your anxiety is lying and. Yeah, I think it's important uh, to tell people your true story and to not always just be smiling and to tell people kind of what's behind that smile. That, you know, when we're when we're performing in front of a crowd, that's when we're at our best and that's when we're getting everything we wanted and or like living our dream. So, of course, we're going to be smiling then. But sometimes when we're trying to make the bills paid or, you know, having how, a hard time in life, it's not so easy to smile. How much does – and I – I, you, you, you touch on it however you want, but how much does your character and sexuality play in that anxiety? And, and is that the source and basis of this? Ah, that's a good question. Um, I wouldn't say that that's I wouldn't say that's true. I would say that my anxiety comes from other places and my sexuality. It's just kind of two things that kind of come to a head within me. Um, but I wouldn't say that they really one pairs off the other. I mean, during my high school days, it was really hard being teased and picked on for being different and stuff like that. Um, but that's something that kind of made me a stronger performer and individual. So I would say you now the anxiety and the sexuality thing, they hang out in the same room, but they're two different people. So it's two different. I mean, when you talk about that, um, especially, I mean, in 2020, um, your character, I mean, it is the weirdo hero and, and sexuality is, it's a, it's a big thing. I mean, we just had Mark Haggerty a couple weeks ago, yeah. Um, it, for us, it's always the question of like, when did you, when did you know, um, and, and, and was it easy? I mean, it sounds like it was difficult. Oh, for sure. Um, so I, from a young age, I was the, the backstory basically is that I was raised by my single mother as well as her friends who are a group of gay males. So I was always raised around, um, flamboyant men and men who felt that they had some who had some shame because of their sexuality because of the era we were living in at the time um so i was always open to be free about how i felt and because there was no real barrier on sexuality it let me grow up in a way where just if i found them attractive i found them attractive and that didn't really have to do with the sexuality or their preferred gender at the time that it has to do with what comes from inside and I know that sounds really cheesy but I'm I'm inspired by people who are different I'm inspired by people who are unique and I'm also attracted to that so that isn't necessarily just labeled to one gender no that's all and that's and that's the reason we ask is because that is a hundred percent of what you are in and out of the ring well right? that, that's what I try and bring I try and bring the wrestler that I would have seen like to have seen in my youth and when I was growing up, there wasn't people who were talking about, like we we're saying, uh, mental health or talking about being open about their sexuality. And if you played an effeminate character, you were always the bad guy. And if you had any sort of mental health issues, you were also always going to be the bad guy. And the 
heart behind the weirdo hero is that I want to show that that's that being weird, you can still be the hero or being right. different. Yeah, absolutely. How I mean, you, you talk a little bit about I mean, grow up in Calgary, Heart Foundation. I mean, I, I've got ties to that here in Montana just because a lot of the Heart Boys were born here in Montana and Great Falls specifically. Totally. Yeah. Um, but like BJ's Gym um, up there uh, in Calgary, like what was that like as a kid growing up? And, you know, what as far as training, I mean, all in one. Oh, so I grew up going to punk shows right across the street from BJ's Gym. So I kind of like knew of it and had known like that wrestlers trained there and kind of always looked at it with admiration. And then when I got to be 18 years old, I saw a commercial for Teddy Hart's pro wrestling camp advertised on TV. And it was during the Stampede Wrestling commercial breaks. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, it had uh, the British Bulldog in the commercial. And it was just advertising BJ's gym. So I knew that that was like, I had, to, I knew BJ's. And I went down there and I, I signed up for the camp. And training was, it was wild. It was, um, for the first moment I walked in, it was people doing like the most ridiculous backflips. And like, <laughs> I remember seeing a 630, like five days into training and they were just inventing moves left, right and center. All these moves that are like became mainstay today were like kind of invented in BJ's and through Teddy Hart and Jack Evans from the heavens and TJ Wilson and Natalia and Davey Boy Smith Jr. And there were so many great people that were already so advanced in their athleticism that when I came in as a drama geek, who had spent all my time um, being artsy and had not taken gym class, I decided to opt out of gym class and write essays on my on sports instead. So I was not athletic at all. So going in there and seeing all these people do these crazy moves, I was like, oh, I've got some catching up to do. Now, did you, is that where you stayed? Did you stay with uh, Teddy Hart as your trainer? Uh, well, yeah, so Teddy was, uh, it was his pro wrestling camp and he was normally just taking bookings all over the place. So he wasn't around as much as, uh, like Tyson Kidd, TJ Wilson did a lot of yeah. the training and, uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. beat the crap out of me left, right and center all the yeah. time. So that's how I learned how to like bump was like taking suplexes from him. <laughs> so yeah. And that's basically where I was at that point. And then once I turned, once I turned of age, then I was able to go to the heart dungeon and then I did my, oh. finish my training there or continued my training there. I grew up in Boston. Like, I'm in Boston still. Okay. And I knew as a kid I was going to be big. I'm 6'8 I'm now. I was 6'5 at 13. Wow. And I knew of Kowal Killer Kowalski School, but I didn't know how to get in touch with it. So I never did. And I regret that. Because you only knew, I only knew about two wrestling schools in, in my teenage years. And it was Stu Hart's Dungeon and Kowalski School. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, and that's, um, so that that's it's got a ton of lineage behind it. That's yeah. that's what was it like? How intimidating? Because like all of my friends, because now I'm around wrestling, and a lot of my friends did train at Kowalski's, and they all talk about how intimidating it was walking in there. How intimidating was it walking into Stu Hart's dungeon? Oh, it was yeah, <laughs> just like you were saying. Everyone was like your kind of like everyone was huge. By the except for like the people that I was training with at BJ's gym, everyone was like these. There were these men. I was used to training with boys, and all of a sudden I walk in there, and there's these big former professional football players, and there's Bruce, and there's Ross, and Stu's upstairs in the kitchen, and it's just full of these beefy wrestlers, and I was a scrawny little toothpick of a of a young little spry 
kid, so going in there, I was totally intimidated. Like, were you one of the screams that the the people talk about hearing upstairs? Oh, I think if you can still, if you like, put your ear to the wind in the right day in Calgary, you can hear everyone scream. <laughs> no, I just met Davy Boy uh, about a month ago. He did a show up here, and um, he's not a small guy. No, he's always been huge too. He's... Like, I met him when he was fourteen, and he was like way bigger than me then. And I've always been trying to catch up to him. That's... Like I said, I'm six seven, six eight right now, right in between the two, and he's gotta be six five, six six, easy. For sure, totally. He's yeah, I'd say six six. I always try to figure out how JP can keep his head up. He's got strong. It's neck tough, muscles. man. It's tough. My head is huge too. <laughs> you do a lot of bridging. <laughs> I have to because it's the first thing that hits the ground. <laughs> oh, that's... oh man! Now, how long? How long did you spend at the dungeon? I was there from 2002 till till its closure, which was in 2006 or four. No, 2004. Okay. Now that's got to like, when people ask you, when you go to a promoter and say, hey, I need a book, I need, you know, I'd like to get a booking, you know, and they ask where you trained and you say it at the dungeon, like the, they doubt you. I have had that happen, actually. I've had people tell me that like, um. Yeah, that they just didn't believe me or have me do drills and then be like, oh, you didn't learn this in the dungeon. I don't believe that you were ever there. And it was, yeah, I know I've had people, yeah, question that for sure. But then uh, I think it's normally after they watch me wrestle that they can kind of see the reflections that kind of show, okay, that looks dungeon-esque or there's a certain Calgary style that I work under. Now, were you still up? Are you in the Northwest now or are you up in Canada still? Yeah, I'm still up in, I'm in Canada. I'm in uh, Vancouver now. How much work do you get? How much work are you doing up there? Things were picking up pretty good before uh, this all went down. Um, yeah, there was yeah. There, there was a couple new promotions within Vancouver proper that were kind of doing things slightly differently that were gaining some momentum, uh, as well as uh, Elite Canadian Championship Wrestling has been running up here for a long time. All Star Wrestling has been up here for a long time, so there is a handful of promotions that are that were doing great. So that's yeah, and I think I, I think in about a month or so, I'm hoping that everything will be back to normal. Oh, that'd be wild. It's different. I was just watching SmackDown before this because it's different watching it. Yeah, I know for sure. I watch even the TV product now. Yeah. It's nice to see people still like, uh, it's nice to see people still being able to do what they love, but it's so, it is so different to see in front of like nobody. Yeah. I tell you, I'll support those guys more now than I did before. I didn't watch the TV product a lot before and I watch it. I find myself watching it more now because. They're not doing it for any reason other than to entertain people. Yeah, and it shows their their like love and yeah. That's one thing that you can like. There's I have ups and downs with with watching the product as well. But there's one thing I can never give them or like never take away is how much commit how committed how committed they are. You know, they're always on the road. They're always like that's a busy schedule, and in between that, they're like going to talk to kids and stuff like that. Um, right. Yeah. They wrestle to what? 300 dates, days a year and there's yeah. only 65 days left and they still do the make a wish and everything else. So totally. And then working out and like just eating right and all that, right. that commitment's just wild. Now, what do you have for goals in wrestling? Goals in wrestling. You know what they like, they change all the time. Um, I, 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 I used to have goals of doing like the big, like to be in WWE. That was the, uh, when I was young, the main goal, but now as things kind of like progress and I've, grown as an artist and independent wrestling has taken on its own life yes. that you can kind of make a career outside of it. I've always led lean more towards things that were 
punk rock or kind of on the outskirts or fringe kind of. So it feels more at home for me to be doing kind of outside of the mainstream type of entertainment. But I'd love to get a chance at AEW. I'd love to get a chance to be able to broadcast my message on a larger platform. And so that's basically my goal is to have as many people kind of hear my message as humanly possible and uh, bring joy to others and make others feel less alone. So I want that to be loud and proud and broadcasted off a roof. Yeah, and, but you said it now. Like there are there are people now between like um, selling T-shirts, pro wrestling tees, and stuff like that, and just that people are able to make a living. Uh, well, up until now, make a living off of independent wrestling now, and it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that five years ago. Totally, I've seen that change. Like I said, I've been wrestling since two thousand, or like I had my yeah. first match in two thousand one. So I've totally seen a change in wrestling, especially in the last five years. And there is a way. There is people that can make money, like whether it be Colt Banner or whether it be your Joey Ryan or all sorts of people just kind of have found a way to really profit as an independent artist. And it's great. You Dude, he fits. Like I've I'm telling you this right now. Like I have a one of one Rhea Ripley and I sent a message to Dave Cole. I don't know if you know who that is or not. Yeah. Okay, so I told him, I said, I'm, I want a Randy Myers, so he's trying to figure that out right now. I'm going to have myself a one-of-one one Funko Pop Randy Myers. <laughs> My goodness, that would be amazing. I'd love to see that. For sure, post that up. Dave, Dave does incredible work. He was, a, uh, he was a wrestler from this area that moved out west uh, oh, a couple of years ago. And he does some awesome. His, his Funko Pops are incredible. Oh, they really are. I've seen some of them, and yeah, I've been drooling. It's... JP, let's uh let's take a break real quick, and then when we come back uh, with the Defy Champ, Randy Myers, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Washington Hall, um, the Defy crowd, and then uh, a little bit more about um, anxiety, um, him as a person, and just the weirdo hero, man. So we'll be right back. I'm glad I have you to stop me. I know, dude. Just shut up. <laughs> I need a governor on me talking too. Don't worry about it. No, no. We've been doing this for so long. It's like I have to. I text him, and then he still looks at the text, and he ignores me. So then I have to just <laughs> shut up. Did you text me? Yeah. I've <laughs> but we have we have the Skype video going between the two of us too, so we can do little. Hand signals to each other to give the Iggy. Give each other the Iggy, yeah. <laughs> it's... Uh, All right. The cool thing about this, Randy, is like I'm uh, out here because I live in Montana and JP lives in Boston. We've been doing this for a decade. We've never met. We've always done this through Skype. Like we've never personally met. So well, it's really cool. yeah, it's one of those things. Like it, it went from dial-up internet podcasting to this, um, where. It's it's just really fun, man, and it's uh, dude, it's it's really a joy, and it's 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 fun talking to, you. um, man, I can't believe you train. I know, like the dungeon, it just all this <laughs> stuff brings back. Like I can remember driving from Helena, Montana, all the way up to Calgary, um, for my first professional wrestling event because that's the closest I could get, and I had to go through the border, and it was midnight, man. It was this was before nine eleven, before all this, and there was nobody at the border. There was nobody there. And I was like, it's the first time I'm crossing the border. I've never done it before. It's never happened. I'm a young kid. I'm probably, I don't know, 24, 25 years old. And I'm super jacked because I'm getting up there. 
And I'm like, well, shit, maybe maybe I'm supposed to just pull forward and park. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. I don't know. So I pull forward and park, and all of a sudden the sirens start going off. Next thing I know, I'm getting pulled out of my car, put on the ground because I'm jumping across the border. Oh, my God. <laughs> just trying to come see some wrestling. That's all I wanted to do, man. <laughs> come drink some of that Canadian beer and watch some pro wrestling. Well, I'm hey, leaving all this in. <laughs> <laughs> Good story. <laughs> you ever get... uh, JP, do you, want to, do you want to bring us back from this fake break, or what do you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So we've been back from the break, but you know, just want to let remind you of who we are. JP, Josh is the one that's like the illegal alien now, I guess. <laughs> and we got having his Randy with us. Hello, the hey, fine hey. champion. Defy champ. Uh, where can people find you on social media, Mister Defy Champ? Uh, you can find me at the Weirdo Hero on Instagram, Ravenous Ra- or Randy Myers on on Facebook, and Ravenous Randy at Twitter on Twitter at Ravenous Randy. How much, dude? How cool is it for you to perform in Washington Hall? How 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 hot is that arena? It's the hottest. It's those fans are incredible. What they built there is like such a, like a unique experience. It feels like. A mosh pit at a punk show if everyone was sitting down, but not quite sitting down. Right. It's is like it... the atmosphere is like incredible. It's like Jiffy Pop. It's a, like the roof you expect to pop off at any moment. Now, do you think that's the hall, the fans, or the product that's being put in there? Or I somewhere a mix of the group? I think it's a combination of the three, my man. I think it's – yeah, I don't, I don't know whether like – we could have that hot a crowd without that building, or if we'd have that hot a crowd without that product. It's a combination of everyone. It's made up of the fans. Like I've heard it from lots of the wrestlers who've been working for a long time. Tommy Dreamer said it reminded him of the ECW arena back in the day. I knew it. God damn, I was waiting for somebody to say it, JP. I was waiting for somebody to say that. Yeah, that's what and but I he said that the difference was the there was a lot of uh, extreme or aggression in the old ECW arena. As much as there was that group of that sense of uh, unity and family, there's also that sense of aggression. And in this case, there's a sense of like grow outreaching love and uh, support. Well, it's every I've said this up here in every product up here or 90% of them. And I've said this to promoters, they try to be what ECW was. And the few that accomplished that are the ones who didn't try to do that. That makes perfect sense to me. You know, and they've, they've made, uh, beyond wrestling up here. I don't know if you've heard of beyond. Yeah. Um, they've managed to do that. And I've said that to Drew, like you didn't want to be ECW, or at least it doesn't seem like you did, but the way you connect with the fans, your product has become that And he's putting on wrestling shows. He went from having literally no fans to selling out every week. 1.5 million YouTube subscribers. Yeah, uh, the second most, only behind WWE. Incredible. No, well, like, it's like you can't be the next great punk band if you're trying to copy the last great punk band. Right. That any sense. You've got to try and create something new and then, yeah, be the next generation of that. Be inspired by that and move that ball forward. Now, do you do punk music? No, I, that's one of the things I never have, no. Just a fan. Lyrics, but that's the one thing. Okay. What about what? you? I know. I have no musical talent whatsoever. Yeah, that's I enjoy it. 
he can't even. I, he can't I keep like a beat. Metal. He uh, this dude can't dance. I no. I bet you can't dance. You you're a wallflower, aren't you? I am absolutely. I go to metal shows now, and I get a pretty bad back, so I actually sit down at metal shows. Well, I'm that's that totally guy. Fair. I think at six eight, you dancing might be a liability, anyways. I've done my mosh pits. I'm sure they would just clear house around you. It, it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened. But that's it's it's a different environment. In my, like I'm 45. It, it's different for me now. Like I go and actually appreciate the music than the environment. No, I know exactly the feeling. I'm even getting that feeling where I'm slowly, I'm 37, and I'm walking away from the mosh pit. I'll go in there, but I'm still walking away at times to just enjoy the music as well. That's... How much do you, like, you give you give back in ways uh, that I guess some people also do, um, but you do, you're a personal trainer, is that right? That's true, yes, I am. And you do this for kids and also, um, I mean, you got like an after school care program with kids. Is that right? I was working at an after school program with kids for a while there. Now I have been, I've been out of work with them for a while, but yeah, I also do, uh, I have some of my own personal clients that I take on mostly like elderly people. I also work with additional needs people to kind of help them in the gym. I think this guy has the, I think we can officially label Randy Myers um, with the biggest heart in professional wrestling. Well, I don't know about that. (laughs) I think so. Like, I I think we should. That's awesome. I just, yeah, I want to, it just makes, it makes me, it's greedy. It's it's out of pure greed because it makes me feel good doing it. So why not do good deeds if it makes you feel good doing it, right? But that's not greedy. That's the opposite of greedy. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, don't worry. We'll we'll tell you how good you are. You don't have to. Cool. You can remain humble, and you in it's you genuinely are, and that's that's un- unbelievable. So, I'm blushing. Well, what's your preferred form of entertainment to do? Is it pr- is it the pro wrestling? Yeah, it is. There's nothing like I can't find anything that fills that void. Is it the adrenaline? Like, is it the crowd that you, I mean, the coolest thing, like when I watch you and I know JP hasn't had the opportunity to, because I, I really surprised him with, with this. And we do this on a regular basis where he's like, what do you, who's it? What is this guy's name? What do you, and then he goes and watches and does the research. He's like, God damn it. How come I didn't know this kid? How come I didn't know this guy? Like, how come I didn't, it's, it's just because the product's so out there right now, but where you're at right now, and JP can manipulate this more because he's got the vernacular and fourth wall type stuff where I don't is the person that you are in the ring is a person that you are out of the ring and you don't end up having the same kind of stuff like Sasha Banks has where it's a, uh, you're not the person, you're not that person in the ring that you are outside. Mm, Yeah. I, I, I guess that's just, I've, I, wrestling for me is a place where, like, for years, this is a little thing I wrote, which for years I've looked for a place to, uh, I've been ter- learned how to contain myself. And wrestling is a place where I don't need to explain myself. It's a place where I can be my truest form. I can be 100% me, where if I'm strutting and and reaching out for to kindness to strangers out on the street, I look like a maniac. But if I do it, <laughs> but if I do it on the way to the ring, it's appreciated and I can be hundred percent myself, 120% myself. And that's where it's accepted more than anywhere else. So wrestling is that, is that place where I've found I'm the most comfortable in that venue. 
Do you do you get and JP? How do I phrase this? When you Randy, when you come out, a lot of the stuff is not rehearsed. But you talked about earlier about um, your two dads that you grew up with and your mom. Um, how much of the entrance that you do in the flamboyance that they portrayed when you were younger? How much of that is them? A, a lot, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I it was mannerisms I didn't even know that I had. Um, it was Matt and that's what I got mostly teased on for when I was younger was for just being flamboyant and effeminate in nature. But it was like kind of how I was raised. It was what I had seen around me. It's and so it was just came a part of me ingrained in me. So it just comes out even bigger than I realized it was in there. Sometimes I see their mannerisms or or things like that come out. And it's really nice. A little. My mom's best friend, who was the main one who helped raise me, was uh, he passed away from AIDS when I was quite young. So to be able to tribute his life and the things that he was the most proud of but was scared to show the world or scared to show in certain situations and be able to go out there and be wear them on my sleeve, and it, it means a lot. And, yeah, that's where they come from for sure. Are you uh... – can you can you mention? Is it okay if you mention his name? Is it, are you okay with that? Would you? Oh, it was his name was Craig. His name cool. Was, yeah. Awesome. No, I, I, that's a, that's the biggest yep. question I wanted to ask is because I I've I've always I've always wondered um, a lot of times you know like even when the Hulkster comes in or, or like that like you just come in different you come in like you own the place. But like you've been there every time and it's humility and flow and fun and it's you. And I think that's what attracts so many people to you and why you are the Defy champ. Well, thank you. I think I take that as such a compliment. And the more I have shown my true self to the world, the more I've been accepted. And that's just the best feeling you could possibly have. That validation of who you are. And I think you... You probably and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but you probably at first maybe saw it as a disadvantage, but I think it's probably an advantage because, like Josh said, when Sasha took her time off uh, a year or two ago, when she came back, she was like, "Listen, I haven't been able to be Mercedes since I've signed with the WWE. I've been Sasha. I'm a character in the ring, and I had to be the character out of the ring. You have the opportunity of being you in the ring and out of the ring." Yeah, no, for sure. That makes it, it's just so much, it's so much easier. And it just makes things like you were saying, like flow, like Josh was saying, it makes things flow so much easier because I'm not reaching for anything. It's just right right there. I'm getting it from within. Now, do you turn it up a notch? They all say, you know, it should be you times 10 or whatever. Totally. But I think, I think I turn it down everywhere else. And I, and I don't, I I let it come to where it's spoke, where it feels natural is in the ring. So I would say, yeah, I think I turn it down to eight around everyone else and then turn it back up to 10 when I'm, when I'm in that ring. That's fair. That's, has anybody, I mean, do you have anybody who you want to like a bucket list of wrestlers? Oh yeah, of course. And they, they keep like, they're more and more keep coming around too. Like, um, I'd love to do work with Effie. I'd really love to work with Gregory Irons. I'd love to work with, yeah, like I've never, like I've been friends with Jeff Cobb for years and I'd love to get in the ring with Jeff Cobb because I know that like from the moment I saw him, he's an incredible athlete and I want to test my athleticism against his. 
Uh, I'd love to have uh, do some stuff with Davy Boy Smith Jr. Now that we're, we have wrestled so much at the beginning of my career. And then I, since then, I haven't, like, we haven't locked horns in years and years. And I'd love to have that match. Uh, I'd love to work with people like uh, Dustin Rhodes and uh, and Cody as well. Um, people like, I'd love to be with Dr. Luther now that he's in AEW. He was my old tag team partner here in the Pacific Northwest. And I'd love to do some more stuff with him if possible. There's, the list goes on and on. That's that's like like Effie. I think is probably one of the more underrated people out there now. Agreed. But I think he's getting out there. I, I think his name's getting out there a lot more. At least to, like I didn't know who he was a year ago, and I do now. He's got so, great hustle. Great hustle. Yeah, I want I want to see Orange Cassidy oh. versus Randy Myers. Good call. Thank you. Yes. That was- <laughs> <laughs> the list a hundred percent i want to get my hands in those pockets so bad (laughs) (laughs) wow oh wow yes yes please like i that's all i could think of like when you said that jp when you're like who are your dream i'm like who do i want him to match up with i'm like orange cassidy yeah for sure my mom wants that really badly too actually I, I love I love watching his matches, and I'm not a big fan of like the ha ha style. Yeah, I just think he does it so well and so different. For sure, it's unique and it's original. And if everyone was doing it, it'd be terrible. But it's so great to see somebody doing something new. Yeah, and it, like nobody better rip that off. Yeah, no. It's gonna be though. It, oh, it's someone's gonna try to like. There's gonna be like, Fire Cassidy's gonna come out or something. <laughs> you know, there's gonna be something, and that person shouldn't get booked. Yes, no, man. <laughs> when I saw when I saw that match between Joey Janela and Orange Cassidy, uh, where Joey Janela came out as I forget what he was, but some sort of tangerine, I believe he was. It was incredible. So <laughs> I'll, I'll let him slide. Right, but that was also against Orange. A hundred percent, exactly. They just did. And those two, I think it was those two just did a TikTok where they like switched play. It was, they showed Orange and Joey and then they did like, they clapped hands and did the um, switch places, switch clothing and stuff. And it was pretty funny. I should scratch that. I think Orange and Randy should be going for the tag belts here soon. That's just me. Like I, if they could, if those two could tag, if you two could tag together, game over. Oh, no, for sure. My, I, I will bring all the energy that he lacks. I think that we're like complete opposite ends of the spectrum that way i'm a hundred percent a firecracker 99.9 percent of the time and he's you know cool (laughs) he he did commentary on aew wednesday night um when the kids the best friends were wrestling and he he was like practically sleeping at the commentator i gotta hear that i missed the beginning of the show (laughs) (laughs) he literally was like falling asleep on them it was so (laughs) awesome so good that randy you you grew up um kind of like you're a little bit younger than us um i mean you, you probably caught the tail end of wcw yep. um a little bit of uh the wwe um ecw do you have like when you if do you have a guilty pleasure like is there are there people that you watch on a regular basis like if they knew you watched them they'd be like oh my god he watches me on a regular basis are there people that you are fans of yeah i don't even know if i like 
Yeah, uh, there's definitely lots of people that I'm fans of. I wouldn't. I don't even really consider having any sort of guilty pleasure. I kind of. Uh, I, I think every one of my guilty pleasures is just another flavor in the soup. Uh, so I wear them with pride. But I, I did sleep with Road Dog pillowcases up until like two years ago. Let's say. The the, the Road Dog Jesse James, that a boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a uh, yeah. Uh, he was a big favorite of mine. Uh, Little Spike Dudley was always a big favorite of mine as well um i was a big al snow mark uh, so those would be i know some of the people that i was a big fan of mick foley's my number one always has been and always will be same with me like mick foley is uh mick Fo- i had wrestlemania i had tickets to wrestlemania 2000 because that was supposedly his last match against triple oh, yeah. h you know where that goes yeah yeah but, yeah. Uh, yeah my grandfather passed, passed away so every time i go and watch like they didn't have seat fillers for my seats so there's like three specific p- spots and i know where they're at like i watch and go oh man <laughs> there's my three seats right there wow that's so interesting that's so interesting and what like a uh, kind of an interesting tribute to to your grandfather too yeah it is it's like those empty seats and i get to be there but mick, mick foley was like king of the ring 98 when he took that fall off the top of hell in a cell that was I was I was sold from ECW, but when he did that, I was I mean that guy was he just I don't know I, there's there's no switch with him. Yeah, no, for sure. For me, it was that on top of those promos that he did with Jr., where it was kind of blurring the lines between Mick Foley and mankind, yep. and telling some like truthful stories from his past, but also like blur again blurring the lines. Uh, that just seemed so real to me and vulnerable. And it was the first time I ever felt I saw a wrestler being vulnerable and coming from that character that was so dark and disturbing and such a maniac. It felt like at home to me. It felt so comforting. Guys, can we, we'll take one more break and we'll come back and finish no. up. No, because you didn't take a break last time. That's fine. I'm writing down the time as I've written down the all the time so far tonight. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> look at look at you producing you fathead. <laughs> I literally have a I have a notepad open with three times on it when we started. I am the so, first break and the second break. Tell Randy what so, we tell Randy what our nickname is for the Irish Whip. Oh, technical issues weekly. <laughs> let me tell you, we started in 05 and it fit for the first thirteen years. No, <laughs> <laughs> like we could almost figure out what was going to go wrong before it went wrong. Hey, hey, hey. that's now, better than the alternative. <laughs> yes. Now you you said Mick Foley's your top guy. When you came into wrestling, did you want to be a hardcore guy? Back now I'm just I just want to yeah. make sure JP are we back now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've been back. We didn't take a break. Okay, I'm sorry. But there was a commercial a few minutes, a few seconds ago. What was it on? What was it about? I have no idea. It was a I good one, though, because paid the bills. I'm buying eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Mick, I, I did want to start out as a hardcore wrestler. There was a definitely, um, I had that that desire. Uh, and then I did do quite my fair share of that kind of stuff. I've been in, like, Circle of Fear barbed wire death matches and every kind of weird gimmick match you could imagine that was like just prior, like before light tubes and stuff like that, like all sorts of casket matches and cage matches and ladders and all the ridiculous. What fun. would you say to an established wrestler who wants to, be, who wants to do a death match? An established wrestler? Yes. How long Somebody, 
How somebody long that's somewhat of a name on the indie scene on the on you know that wants to do a um, a death match. I mean, would you would you recommend it or not recommend it? I'd say like if you want to do it, you know, go for it. Um, You're supposed to agree with me. Okay, I mean, so no, don't do it. Thank you. See uh, that, Anthony? Exactly the opposite. Go to CZW and Cage of oh. Death or any of that. Do it all. Are you familiar with Retro Anthony Green? No, I'm not. So he's a local guy here. He's done some travel. He hasn't been to the Northwest. He has. I don't know if he's done Canada. Uh, he just got back from WXW. Like he's been oh. around. Yeah. Um, and he's he's does his own shows now. And he's definitely the name on his shows. Like he's the he's the recognizable person. Okay. Um, and definitely the best wrestler on his show. So when a name comes in, it's like he'll ask people, like, who do I put this person against? And it's like, Anthony, you have to put that person against you because that's where you're gonna get the best match out of it. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's a big sigh. Yeah, he has um Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um um, Leatherface number three. Okay, coming into his next show when he's having a death match with the that's a death match wrestler. And I just don't. I I texted him today. I'm like, can I like forbid you from doing this because I've known you for so long? <laughs> he told me I couldn't. Anthony, just be careful, man. Yeah, I know that's just it. Just be careful. Know your limitations. Don't don't do anything tonight that you makes it so you can't do what you want to do tomorrow. Obviously, like like lay out your risk to reward ratio, and then find out if it's worth it. I mean, you want to wrestle again, and we want to see you wrestle again. And JP wants to see you wrestle again. Yes. So, for the love of your fans and for the love <laughs> of wrestling, please be careful when you're in that ring with Leatherface. It's a scary <laughs> man, and that's not his real face. It's not. It's someone else's, right? Exactly. You just know where Now, what, what, you obviously, you've settled on sort of, I'll call it normal wrestling. Oh, I don't know if I settled um, on. Yeah. Not quite <laughs> yeah, normal, but regular, sort of regular wrestling matches, as yeah. far as not hardcore, not deathmatch. Oh, is that your preferred style? Yeah, it is. I prefer to, like, at this point, you were asking earlier about what my favorite form of entertainment is. And the one thing I really get out of doing any sort of comedy is walking off that stage and not being hurt and entertaining for X amount of minutes and being completely safe and completely unbruised the whole time. So I don't, I don't really want to go in there and hurt myself or hurt other people, particularly. I want to go in there and suspend belief, disbelief, and I want to go in there and put on a show. Uh, but the idea of actually walking away beaten up is not entirely what I want. But that being said, I'm also come from the dungeon, which was like hard hitting and it was definitely not, not taking it easy on each other. So I'm used to big bumps and I'm totally hit with being hit hard in the right places and stuff like that. So there's a, it's a line between, um, of yeah, ultra violence and secure, uh, stiffness. Now. How do you feel? Because in my mind, this works along with um, being how stiff you are. How do you feel about the handshake? Oh, the handshake. Yeah, I don't want it to be completely like... Um, I remember 
I was taught the the loop limp handshake or the soft handshake before, like the dead fish, um, and showing it the way of respect. But then I gave that to Stu Hart one day, and he like squished <laughs> my hand so freaking hard. He was older by the time I met him, obviously. But like the one thing, he could, the one submissions he could still could do were involving your hand. So he just twisted me right up into a hand submission right then and there, and I realized I was never going to shake anyone else's hand that way again. So I go in. With firm, like a good solid hug or a kiss, you know? You don't want to go in there sloppy. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> let know that you're there, but, like, not do any damage. <laughs> do you feel that it's, um, I mean, I know a lot of people now are kind of trying to get away from it. I think if it's someone who you've never wrestled before or someone who you've never met before and... I think you'll kind of understand this more than some people, and I can kind of say it without moving too much of the fourth wall, but it's a good form of communication. Yeah, no, I hear exactly what you're saying. Definitely. Stiff for the other, you better pick it up, right? If it's somebody that you see every Saturday, and that person's not comfortable doing it, then I, I think that's fine, too. No, for sure, yeah. No, I think that, like, I think I can, you can normally just read sense of person and that sense, that comes from the handshake, that comes from the way they're interacting with you, their eye contact and all those kind of things, how they're going to be in the ring a lot of the time. I'm rarely surprised at this point, uh, unless it's somebody who's kind of new to the ring and doesn't know how hard they're hitting or something like that. But Now, how come Joey Ryan's not on your checklist? Oh, because we've wrestled. Oh, have you? Yeah. How good was it for you? So fun. The best. We've been, we've wrestled, uh, we've been a tag team and had singles matches. So, yeah. Pre or post, before or after the uh, dick flip, though? Oh, no, I've definitely taken the dick flip. I've definitely, <laughs> what happened was, actually, I got, we were, he was tied up in the ropes, and then I ended up getting dropped, toe-holded into, into the powerful penis, and then, but little behold, that magic went into my face and all throughout my body and gave me the power of the penis. And from there, I was able to hulk up and hit a comeback. That is becoming a sound clip. He said, little behold. (laughs) 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 That is... Now, how do you feel on that style of rest? Like, I I consider that ha-ha, you know? Sure. I I would... uh... I like I like comedy wrestling. I've always been a fan. One of my favorite moment WrestleMania moments would be when uh, Al Snow and Steve Blackman had that the little person come out yeah. with cheese and they were playing the cucaracha on their butt cheeks. That's one of my favorite things ever. But I don't think if the whole show was like that, it would have been great at all. I like wrestling as a circus. I like all different forms of wrestling. And if it's all just one thing, I find it gets yeah. old pretty quick. But it's nice to see things like we were just saying, like an Orange Cassidy. Or, but it's sometimes it's nice to see like hard hitting matches as well from like a killer cross or something like that. You know, like there's all sorts of yeah. different performers, and I think it takes all to make the circus. Yep, I you liked it until I saw May Young's tits. Yeah, there you go. You know, you that's like that makes a life, right? Funny story is Josh still has that freeze framed on one of his TVs at home. <laughs> I assumed it was on his the background on his phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She tucked them, she untucked them bastards for me. <laughs> no, that that's but you're right. Like if you go into a pizza place and all they have is cheese pizza, you can't even get a slice of pepperoni in there. Oh. You're not eat, even if you're in the mood for cheese pizza, you're gonna go somewhere else. hundred percent. I'm not Kevin McAllister. I don't want just a plain cheese pizza. 
Right. But that was <laughs> that was one small cheese pizza, the small delicious cheese pizza, just for him. <laughs> it was just for him. <laughs> was that now, the punchline, I... JP? Huh? Was that the punchline? Well, that was what when he got the pizza. He said, "This is one small cheese pizza just for me." Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you got to pay attention to your Christmas movies. I know, man. I I know, especially you know, like, classic. I know. Remember, and he and then when that he ruined that his uncle's uh, pizza, and he goes, "I can't say it right. I can't do it right. You, <laughs> I can't do it right now." Can't because it's, it's out of season. You ruined it. <laughs> now, do you prefer stand up or improv? Um, at this point, I prefer doing stand up, but I like doing. I like the working with people from improv as well. Like the okay. working together. Do you do like a? Is it an improv team you're a part of or something? Yeah, yeah. I've been part of a couple different improv teams. Right now, we're doing kind of a takeoff on "Are You Afraid of the Dark," which was like a Canadian. TV kids TV show yeah. about horror stories. So yeah, we're kind of doing a takeoff on that. That wow, is cool. That's cool. Super that's fun. Really cool. See, I like improv. I like like, like I Impractical Jokers is probably my favorite TV show. So good, so oh, good. And like yes. I love improv and having to think on your feet like that. And to me, that's that's pretty close to what you guys have to do in wrestling. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's where I feel the, the 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 combination of those two things really has helped me out. Like my improv training has definitely given me some chops as to like think on my feet quickly. That's now what came first was the wrestling. Did the wrestling come before all of that? So basically when I was young, I was, like I said, I was involved in theater. Uh, so there was always kind of like, I'd learned some improv skills when I was younger. And then when I turned 17, I got, uh, I was so in love with professional wrestling. They were starting to teach us Pratt falls and I refused to fall the way they wanted us to fall. So I started falling like, like Mick Foley, like my hero. And I got swiftly kicked out of drama class. And then my mom said, what are you going to do with your life now? I said, wrestling or improv. I went and took improv classes and everyone was like 35 plus. And then I went to the <laughs> wrestling school, BJ's gym, and everyone was like 15 to 17. And I'm like, oh, wait, so I can wrestle from, from my age now till I'm in my 30s and then start doing mm-hmm. improv then. And that's basically what I've done. That's the improv. Just like I've gone to a couple of improv shows. It just seems like they're having so much fun on stage. Totally. Yeah. And that's like you were saying, it is very similar to wrestling where you're like, you have to have trust in your partner <laughs> on stage. Right. And thinking on your own feet, making sure that you're up there trusting that they can think on theirs and that what you have doesn't turn into a train wreck. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Cause that can happen at any second. That's, now, what's been your favorite match that you've been in so far in your career? Jeez, um, I, there's been so many great ones and, and like from different aspects. But the one that meant the most to me was when I got to work uh, with Mick Foley in a match in Edmonton for Prairie Wrestling Alliance. Uh, the promoter was Kurt Sorokin and he brought Mick Foley in as my special guest enforcer. And we got to both lock in Mr. Sockos at the same time on my opponents. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that was a beyond come true. Yeah. Now, was there a match that you would sense that if somebody said, show me two or three matches, uh, one or two matches that would show us who Ravenous Randy is? I, I would suggest my mat- my latest matches, I would say me versus Jimmy Havoc from Defy, awesome. the first encounter, or me versus Joey Janela. Okay. Yeah, those would be the two I would say really give you a good sense of who I am as a character. 
Janela is so like I, I saw him early on in his career. Oh, I bet because yeah, and uh, it's so good. He's come so far. So he has a unique enigma about him. He's busted his ass literally. For you sure. know, because <laughs> he smokes Marlboro Reds. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's a kid who. He thought he was going to be a hardcore guy for a while, and he still does that sometimes, but he can actually wrestle now. For sure, and entertain with the best you know. of comedies. His ha is good as well. So, I mean, he could hang with the best of them for sure. He was the one. He went off the roof. Yeah, sick, sick bastard. Right? But that was so when he I saw, like, I was watching, I'd seen, like, very little of his work before we wrestled, and then I kept getting sent clips. And then yeah. that was when I kept getting sent, this is the person you're wrestling. And I'm like, sweet. So we're uh, dying. That's how. Yeah. And then when we met, I'm like, he's like, what, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Could we kiss? <laughs> That's when he started out, he was working for a company pro wrestling syndicate. And I used to go down and do security for them. And uh, th- he was brand new. And they said to him, yeah, we got something for you. Throw on this pink bodysuit and this mask that has a star on it. Jeez. And if if you remember from the old NES video game, Nintendo he was Star Man. Pro Wrestling, it was Star Man. Star Man, yeah. That was that was Joey. It was one. It had to be one of his first shots in wrestling. Wow, it's funny. We have a so, pair. We have a pair of pink tights up here that we give to the. We used to give to the Greenhorns as well, or like the rookies. To wear for their first matches too, so I wonder if that's just a thing. <laughs> that's that could very well be. Oh, you don't have tights? Here you go. Yeah, here you go. We have a but, we have the loner tights, like you'd get it when you forgot your swimsuit in elementary school. You get the loner bathing suit that had loner written across the ass. I would be more. Um, I don't know. I would be more hesitant to put them on because they were loner than because they were pink, though. They wouldn't fit your big ass. You, your cock and balls would be hanging out all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> is that a problem? Yeah. At your uh, age, it is. A family show. It's a family show. Come on. I, yeah, I got to cut that. you off again. I gotta, I've gotta. i been over here for the last five minutes. Timber and I have been waving at you, like flipping you off. Yeah, I've seen it. Like she, like she showed you her ass. She like flashed her boobs I, like in I the got, camera, like everything. And you just got smacked down. I'm watching SmackDown muted. <laughs> Keeping me into the wrestling mode. Inspiring questions. But yeah, we uh we got Andy, everything you guys need. Uh, do you want to tell us where we can find you again? And um For sure. You can find me on Twitter at Ravenous Randy or on Instagram at the Weirdo Hero or on Facebook. Ravenous Randy, if you want to book me, it's Theo.Francon at gmail.com, and that's my real name. I saw that today on your Twitter. and <laughs> We need to use you. that as the intro. <laughs> um, now, I know there's no shows running currently, but what promotions do you call home? Where can people see you regularly once we're back up and normal? Once we're back up and normal, you can catch me at every single Defy Wrestling show. You can catch me at Elite Canadian Championship Wrestling up in Vancouver, as well as All-Star Wrestling up in Vancouver. You can catch me for POW Wrestling down in Eugene, Oregon. You can catch me with Glam Slam up in Vancouver, as well as Rickshaw Wrestling. There you go, guys. Ravenous Randy Myers. That's me, darlings. Check them out. Go in, be in the crowd. You might get a kiss. Yeah, check me out while I check you out. 
It, it would be Josh's first kiss in a long time. Consensual, of course. That's not true. I just saw them kiss. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> That's probably true. Hey, Randy, thanks so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. If you need anything, just make sure you reach out, man. For sure. Thank you both so much. It was really an honor meeting and getting to talk to you both. Anytime uh, you get anything man. to plug, just let us know. You got it. Take care. Bye. Thanks, guy. Bye, darlings.